Now, this is the last of the series of seven messages that we've been giving on Bob Jones University, its history, its progress, its creed, its philosophy, its purposes, and so on. Now, I'm going to read some verses out of the Bible today that are very applicable to our day. I'm getting these verses from the book of Jeremiah. You know, you remember that in the Old Testament, when a prophet appeared in Israel, it was always a sign that God had a controversy with his people, and the prophet always took God's side of the controversy. He never took the side of the people, he took God's side. When there's a controversy between the church and God, or the people and God, or a nation and a God, the true prophet of God always takes God's side. An institution that doesn't take God's side in every controversy that arises ceases to be a Christian institution. A pulpit that doesn't take God's side in every controversy that arises ceases to be a Christian church. Just recently, uh, there stood in the pulpit of a New England town a preacher and prayed that a certain physician who is, was being charged with murdering a sick woman uh, might be uh, uh, cleared in court. Now, I can understand the sympathetic heart. I can understand that. I've had loved ones who were critically ill that uh, we felt relieved when the breath left our body. But life came from God. No man has a right to take God except for the power of government. Now, God best invested in government the power to take life. Government represents God, maybe poorly. But all authority comes from God. It's perfectly all right for a man to have a fair trial in the courts and be put in an electric chair when necessary. But no individual has a right so take life. And if that man stood up in the pulpit and prayed, if he thought the man was guilty, I'm not saying whether he's guilty or innocent. If that doctor took that woman's life, he sinned against God. And yet the pulpit stands up with the preacher and says, Lord, clear our brother. Oh, listen, young people, you are living in an age of superficial and wicked thinking. And God Almighty is being crowded out in some pulpits and crowded out from some churches and crowded out from schoolrooms of supposedly Christian colleges and Christian universities. And that's the reason I'm so eager to drive these truths home to you. And these messages I've been giving here would probably never been given to you if it had not been for the fact that we are constantly under opposition because of our convictions in this school. I was thinking about it yesterday. I said, well, thank God for the opposition. Because all opposition we have to the policies and purposes and emphasis of this school, all the opposition we have, every bit of it, uh, stirs us up to sell it to you. We might take it for granted if we had no opposition. We might just drift along. When the early church had persecution, it almost captured the world. It shook the foundations of empires. And then when persecution ceased, it drifted along, so it went and conformed to the world. All right, now Jeremiah first was a God-called man. You read that in Jeremiah 1.5. I can't discuss it. God called. Listen, you are a God-called man if you are right. God has a job for every one of us. I saw this motto on a church wall. I'm only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I ought to do, but by the grace of God, I will do. I, as a founder of this institution, my son is president of this institution, and our faculty and executives and friends have no greater responsibility as far as that limit of our influence is concerned than you have as far as the limit of your influence is concerned. Every student in this school is responsible as far as the, your influence reaches to preserve for the generation unborn the standards and position and emphasis and Christian testimony and Christian atmosphere of this school. Let's remember that. Now, Jeremiah was a God-called man. Called you, God do a special work. 
Now, wait a minute. Jeremiah didn't feel sufficient. He said, I'm a child. I, I'm, I'm not the man you're looking for. I'm, I'm a child. And uh, I, I'm not sufficient. Whenever you feel self-sufficient, you're never God surrendered me. A surrendered man uh, always looks up for help. God called men who do God's work always look to God. Wait just a minute. It's all right to stand with a banker. It's all right to stand in with the politicians. It's all right to stand in with men of influence. You don't, uh, you don't discount that. But when it comes to a point of choosing uh, between these things and God Almighty, we look to Him. People in this country look to Washington every time they want something. Call on the White House. Ring up Congress. Bob Jones University uh, wants to keep where we can fall down and call on Almighty God. That's where this school stands. That's the emphasis of this institution. If you have God, you'll get along all right to do God's work. All right. Nothing. Uh, God said he could make him sufficient. God said, don't worry about that. I'll tell you what to say. And you know what else he did? God say, said, I'll give you courage. God said, don't be afraid of the faces. If you've got an old deacon sitting out there in front of you, looking at you out of suspicious eyes, don't let him scare you. Don't let him bluff you. Don't let the trustees, the vestrymen, not when you're out doing God's business. Don't let educational associations, ecclesiastical machineries, religious bosses, don't let them intimidate you. You're going to do what God wants you to do. Never mind the machine. Never mind the world. Never mind the flesh. Never mind the devil. Don't be scared of them. God said, listen, what we need in Christian work in America today is a holy boldness. That's the need of America. All right. I've just given you these little preliminaries. God gave him a touch of power. I haven't time to discuss that. You get that in Jeremiah 1.9. Listen, Jeremiah held his job by divine right. He said, I set you over the nations and the kingdom by divine right. Oh, it's a wonderful thing to get authority from God. Wait a minute, you'll be ethical. You know, a fellow said in this country the other day, he said, you know, Bob Jones, preacher boys, and they're trying to take over everything. If we had a boy in this school studying for the ministry, it was unethical, we'd correct him and send him home. This is an ethical institution. You know, Jesus, I speak reverently, was ethical. When Jesus Christ went to the synagogue, they handed him the scroll. As he did a visiting rabbi, he stood up and talked. He didn't get up and say, let me in on this thing. He was ethical. Went into the temple. He, that was his business. He was the son of God. And he cleaned out the temple. He said, this is my father's house. He had a right to turn over those tables. You know, they talk about ethics. There is no more ethical crowd than this. You haven't seen anybody in this country take anybody from Bob Jones University taking over a church, taking over a school, taking over anything else. Don't do that. Jeremiah was an ethical man. The prophets were ethical. But sometimes you get an ethic that everything you do is unethical in estimation of something. One of our boys goes in and is asked to teach the Sunday school class, he teaches. Somebody's asked to sing, he, he sings. Somebody's asked to preach, he preaches, and he usually preaches the gospel. And sometimes he has power. Only way to take over is just as courtesy and all that. But Jeremiah had a job. And you listen to me. You have a job, 
And if you let anybody stop you in the God-called, God-given job, you are not worthy of the call. The test of your character is what it takes to stop. He had the power of God, the job that God gave him. All right, God gave him vision to see. Oh, if there's no vision, the people perish. I pray God day by day that we may have vision to know what to see and when to see it, what to do and when to do it, to watch the movements of eternity. You get all that in the first chapter of Jeremiah. Listen, then there came a time where God gave him forward marching orders. God said, forward march! And old Jeremiah marched. Blessed is institution. Blessed is the church. Blessed is a Christian that hears God say forward march and then marches under his orders. All right, now we move into the second chapter. Just two or three verses here. Now God said, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness in a land that was not sown. I remember you, you wasn't anybody. I remember when you didn't have anything. I remember when you ate out of my hand. I remember you're putting nice folks there. Back there, you didn't have anything. You had to look to God. Now you get a big endowment. Get a big plan. Get a lot of influence, a lot of prestige. <laughs> Go to strutting your stuff. Did I remember you? We've got the power. We have so many million members and so much money. If you go talking like that, brother, you're not marching under God's orders. Now he goes down and charges these fellows with some awful things. And God says to him, now you go tell them what I tell you, tell them. And listen, he said, I'll make you a defense city. As long as you march under my orders, as long as you do what I tell you to do, as long as you won't compromise, as long as you won't sell me out, as long as you won't go back on me, I'll make you a defense city. Let them shoot you. Let all the force of evil rise against you. You can't be hurt till you do the job, and then it's all right to get hurt. If Bob Jones University ever fulfills its mission on earth for God, that's all it's supposed to do. Then who cares? When my job for God is done, I want to be rocked to sleep in the arms of death and be put in the graveyard. Listen, you have no business except his business. No mission except his mission. No call except his call. And the tragedy of horrors in this world is to see institutions and churches and people march for God and sometime have the devil say, Halt! And they halt. And the power's gone. All right, now Jeremiah accuses these people of two terrible sins. It's in first the thirteenth verse of the second chapter. For my people, my people, God's people, 
God's chosen people have committed two evils. What's the question? They have forsaken me, the fountains of living waters, and have gone out and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that won't hold water. Isn't that a strange picture? God's taking care of them. Plenty of water to drink, gushing crystal water, lovely, refreshing fountains, and they say, we won't drink out of that. We'll make our own way and drink at our own fountains. And they go out and say, hew out a cistern over yonder. Put one over yonder. Set up one in that town. And then one day they were thirsty. They said, let's go get a drink. And they go to drink, and where's the water? It's a broken system. All systems that institutions and men and machines build, when they walk out on God, are broken systems. They never hold water. Wouldn't Bob Jones University be a fool to walk out on God that's prospered it as no school ever prospered? That's blessed it for such a short period as no school ever blessed in short period? Wouldn't we be a crazy bunch of nuts to step out on Almighty God and say, we are going to do this? I'm not going to try to hew out a system when I've got a fountain flow. That isn't, listen, that's not impractical, that's practical. They talk about these folks being, listen, I'm sick and tired of these people thinking that if you're a Christian, you're impractical. You may run a bank without God, but you can't run a Christian school without God and a Christian church without God. You may get along pretty well down here counting money for somebody and handling musty bills and rattling the coins. But if you're in God's business, you've got to have God's power. God will have to give you strength to count the money and eyes to see the cash. But you can do that sort of mechanically. If you just get to taking for granted that everything's all right and you're self-sufficient, you are doomed. Now he goes on down here further and tells them what they've done. They walk out on God and try to run their own affairs. They said, we've got to have this. They've got to have that. Now the prophet comes down here and said, so you can hear a sob in his throat, this prophet of God. He says, can a maid forget her ornament or bride her attire? Why, you don't think as much of me as a maid thinks of an ornament. You don't put as much value on me as a bride puts on her attire. I don't mean much to you anymore. You don't think much of me. You don't love me now. You don't care about me. 
how tedious and tasteless the mile was when Jesus no longer I see. This country, young people, listen to me. And I'm pleading for you and your children and your grandchildren if Jesus Christ tarries. This country is filled with institutions that had the old-time religion and the old-time gospel and they gave money what came from the sacrificial efforts and gifts of God's people. And look at them now. Look at them now. All over America. Living exactly like the world. You know, if the Lord tarries, Bob and I go on, I die. A little later, Bob comes on up to heaven. If I ever saw this institution set in the world, I'd say, Bob, you know, I founded that school down there, and you were my boy, you were president. Uh, how about our asking God to let us go down there and dynamite those buildings? And I'd say, let's go down there. I think I'd want God to let me come back and blow up the thing. Listen. It's not fair to the saints that give institution money and Christians that pray for it and young people that go there and start out right for institutions to set out to the world. Now, notice what he said down here. Here's the most striking question, I think, in all prophecy. Why trimmest thou thy way to seek love To seek favor. <laughs> now, did you ever stop thinking you know what trimming means? It cuts off a little corner here. Cut chapel down to ten minutes. Trim off this little thing over here in deference to football. Cut this little corner over here. To please some man that gave you some money. Why trimest thou thy way to get approval? To have people say, Hoorah! Hoorah! And have God Almighty up in heaven saying, My wandering child, why trimmest thou thy way? We hadn't more than started Bob Jones University as a little struggling poor college until they said, you have to have this. But I said, I don't think that's right. Well, you know, you have to go along. Well... Go along with who? Well, you know, if you're going to be in the world, you've got to remember. you. But my Bible says that God's people are in the world, but not of it. Well, you know, if you can just get them there and get them interested, you might win some of them. Now, wait a minute. You never win people like that. Compromise, notice, 
compromise never has won anybody to God. Why, he said, why trimmest thou thy way to seek a proof? To get along. Well, we like standing with everybody around here. <laughs> uh, we won't go along with him, you know. But there's something in that something yonder that's on that, you know, we can't, we can't stick to God and do that. A little embarrassing sometimes, isn't it? Yes, but I'd rather be a little embarrassed and I've been embarrassed. Bob's been embarrassed. Some of our friends have asked us to do things we couldn't do. I'd rather be a little embarrassed and go to bed at night after the day's over. Lights are all out. Have dark darkness in the room. A little embarrassed about because I couldn't do what somebody wanted me to do, you know, because we're awfully human, naturally very friendly. And have all the weaknesses that other people have. And, and I get thinking about it, say, well... And God Almighty whispers in the night, I'm glad you stayed put today. I'm glad you didn't trim any. I won't forget you. In the history of this school, I do not remember any time we ever took a bold, courageous, uncompromising stand on any issue that ever came up. But what some old saint of God sent us a check about that time to say, I just want you to know I'm for you and I'm praying for you. And everything that ever happened like that was God's little pat on the shoulder saying, Don't trim, don't trim, don't compromise, don't sell out, don't flinch, don't dodge, take the bullets, go on the road of my purpose, don't trim. Young people, it's not easy. Not in this day. You're living an awful age. Everybody's doing it, they say. This is the way the world's moving. Keep up with the age. Suppose Enoch had listened to that. He lived in a wicked age, but he walked with God in the wicked age and kept walking till he walked through the gate of pearl and went to heaven. Suppose Noah would have said, I'm going to keep up with the age, Mr. Noah. You're out of, you're out of touch. Your idea of a flood isn't scientific. The universe couldn't rain that much. Poor old Noah, he's a fanatic. Uh, he hasn't much sense. He thinks the world's in bad fix. Look at that old crazy fella building an ark on a sunny day. What you doing, Mr. Noah? I'm building an ark. Who said so? God said so. Ha, <laughs> ha. <laughs> they had a card party that night. Somebody said, you know what happened out on that Noah University day? <laughs> uh, you know, the founder of that uh, school out there said that judgment's coming to the world. <laughs> they said, isn't it? 
pity that a fellow loses his head like that. I really think Mr. Noah's a pretty nice fellow if he, if he just was balanced. And they had, a, they had a big dance in town. They asked some of the crowd to come. They said, we are busy. What are you doing? Building an ark. What for? Flood's coming. How do you know? God said so. That settled it with us. And then it kept going, kept going. One day the, it took place. And uh, Noah said, let's move in now and let God shut us in. We're not able to close the door that God shut we couldn't stand this storm by any human power. And after that, the rain started. And it fell and fell and fell and fell and lightning flashed and thunderbolts burst. And people said the old prophet might have been right. Say, that fellow out yonder said we had a wave of juvenile crime because of a behavioristic philosophy. And that fellow out there and that crowd out there, we thought they were crazy. But you know, looks like they were right. And then after a while, I think I see a fellow on a mountaintop somewhere, taught in another school. Ridiculed no one. Old Noah's Ark went around the valley, floating down the stream. They were in there singing a song of praising God. And, and uh, I said, hey, hey, Mr. Noah! Uh, uh, Dr. Noah, I want to apologize to you. Uh, can you do something for me? And the lightning wrote in the rocks nearby, burned it in too late. And the thunders echoed back, it's, it's too late. And the winds took up the cold. Suppose Noah had kept up with his age. He'd have been drowned in the flood. And young people, you listen to me. If you keep up with the philosophy of this age, that do as you please, live your life, nobody tells me what to do. Believe anything you want to believe and go where you want to go. You try. See where you land. Whale returns coming. The thing isn't settled till the returns get it. Why trimmest thou thy way and sacrifice thy conviction to seek approval? To stand in with a machine? To get this pat on the shoulder of some man of influence? God said to Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their faces. Old deacon sitting down there in front of you, or a rich worldly man or somebody else looking at you, don't let them scare you. They're not as smart as they look. And if you are God's man and they are not God's people, you've got something they don't know anything about, something irresistible. Now listen to what he said. He said, you people of God that trimmed your way, you did something. This is the most terrible indictment I think I ever read. Therefore, what? Because you trimmed a little. Trimmed a little. Cut off a corner. 
cut the cloth a little short to fit a garment that wasn't grown up spiritually. Thou hast taught the wicked ones thy way. O God of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. Think of God's people teaching the world tricks. Young people, I hate to put this on record, but I wish somebody had told me when I was your age, some old man, what I'm telling you. The opposition to Bob Jones University has never been from the world. It hasn't been from poor old drunken bums that are helpless and staggering down the street. It hasn't been from poor fallen women, because the lowest depraved woman on earth knows all about hell. You don't have to tell a fallen woman about hell. I never preached on hell to a harlot in my life. Bob Jones University has had all of its troubles because of religious leaders representing machines and institutions that had trimmed their way to get favor, and we wouldn't trim, and because we wouldn't trim, they were against us. Listen, all the opposition that Bob Jones University has in South Carolina and ever has had in its history has not come up out of the underworld. It's come down from those that sat in high seats who trim to please the world. And so, in so doing, they taught the world new tricks of crookedness. Now, what was the other results? Jeremiah said, In thy skirts I have found the blood of the poor innocents. And I haven't found it with secret search. I had to look around. It's just everybody sees it. All eyes see it. You don't have to go along with a microscope. Just look around. You have as many gods as you have towns. Whenever there's a god in a town, you say, let's take him on. <laughs> All right. Come on over here. How to do, Mr. God? Come to our party. We let you to our board. Uh, of course you drink liquor. But you can, that's all right, we'll wink at that. Of course you desecrate the Sabbath, but... Huh. All right. It's all right. Oh, how we've been tempted. Temptation's not so strong now. But I remember when I went around, took my check book and paid all the floating debts of the school, went down and asked Miss Jones if I could get out my, all right, her, that policy had been made to her, we'd save for old age, life insurance policy, it's all right to cash it out, and 
pay debts to school old that weren't my debts. And I remember when I went off and held those meetings and came back and brought a check one day, the one check that took every cent of it to pay the bills. And I was struggling, and I'd had plenty of money. I'd had the biggest income in advance in America except Billy Sunday. And somebody said, put Mr. So-and-so on your board of trustees and he'll finance your institution. He likes you personally. I said, I like him personally. Well, he'll take care of the situation. You know, he's very wealthy and very generous and he likes attention. Of course, he drinks liquor. But he's rather particular about it. And he goes to the country club and uh, sits out there at the country club and drinks cocktails and talks big. But you need money. And he got me at the weak spot then. I knew that. But I needed God. And boys and girls, I'm glad I didn't walk out of on God in those hard days you know nothing about. I wasn't going to take on the world's gods and bring them to the occasions and make my heavenly Father blush to have them there. Listen. Be ladies and be gentlemen. Be nice and refined. Be decent and cultured. Be ethical and practical. But don't ever trim to suit the world. I'm calling you young people today to a new dedication of your life to God. And a new consecration. And in the name of my son, who is present, the institution is home in bed. In the name of the executives, most of whom got their training here. In the names of the hundreds of them out in the world, in many parts of the world, on mission fields, in pulpits, and factories, and shops, and stores, and offices, in school. In the name of the saints that have given us money, some of whom are dead and gone, in the name of the children that are to be born that leave this school in coming years. And above all, in the name of that name that's above all names, the precious name of Jesus. I stand here with this last closing message of this kind. And I'm asking you to let us keep this school true to God. So God may never look down from heaven on Bob Jones University and look around over the country and say, look at the blood on the skirts of the innocent people. Blood on their skirts that was first on the hands of compromisers in Bob Jones University. You don't get blood on the hands of the innocent until you first get it on the hands of the people in position to compromise. I want us to stand up, and I want this to go into the book, into the record. 
I want us to sing as we've never sung before. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high its royal, his royal banners. It must not suffer loss. Let's stand and sing. everyone in this auditorium that'll pledge God today anew. Let what come may come, however hard the battle and dark the night, however antagonistic and powerful may be the foe, God helping us, we'll unite our prayers, our efforts, and our influence as long as we are on this earth to help preserve this institution in its Christian integrity, as an institution that refuses to compromise, we dedicate our lives and you today to helping preserve it. And as far as the limit of my influence is concerned, God will help in me, I'll give all I have of prayer and effort and conviction and testimony to keep it so, as it is, and as it's prospering to God through the years, put your hand up if you'll say it. Lord God, we thank thee for these thousands of uplifted hands, students and faculty and executives and visiting friends. May we never waver but keep us true until Jesus comes again. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen.